Welcome to the Scuff Podcast, where we talk about U.S. soccer. The U.S. women played a New Zealand B or even C team on Tuesday in Wellington and ended up winning by a comfortable 4-0 scoreline, but it's hard not to feel a little bit nervous about this team based on this performance with the World Cup a mere six months away. Five months, isn't it? Yes, which is which is hilarious, right? Because it's a 4-0 win. Uh, but we knew going in, this was, as you said, a depleted New Zealand team. I think eight of their starters were uncapped going into this game. So they were, they were playing uh, an experimental side. Um, and it's just the first half, right? If the first half didn't exist, then we could take the second half and say, okay, you know, a totally overmatched New Zealand team. This is what we need to do to take care of them. Well done. Check the box as we move towards She Believes uh, in February against real competition. But that first half is there, right? And it's just kind of like picking at you saying, but what if this is what you look like mm-hmm. <laughs> against the good teams? So we have to, we have to like balance that out in our minds. Well, even if you look at just the second half, I mean, th- the goals were nice. Uh, all of them were nice, really. But um, some of the defending on them, when you go back and watch, it was like, what are they doing? <laughs> this isn't going to, this is, this ball from Ashley Sanchez is not going to get through <laughs> against a good center back, you know? No, totally the case. What, what I go back to for that, even, I mean, the Sanchez goal that I can, that comes to mind right away. Uh, you know, to just hit a 50-yard ball to a wide-open player. Um, it's it's actually like the early stage of that buildup, where it's like, okay, this at least we're showing like the necessary surgical approach to breaking them down, breaking down their 4-4-2 to even allow Ashley Sanchez to get the ball in that pocket, pick her head up, and hit it to a wide-open player who against better teams definitely won't be wide open. But that that early piece, that's what we need. And in the first half, we were really struggling to have anything even approximating that sort of early stage in the buildup. So second half, there were enough pieces there to be like, okay, if this is what we can do in this game, that's good to build in on going into, you know, some tougher games. But man, that first half is going to, you just can't erase it, you know? Yeah, it was like a lot of the the surgical breaking down of that 4-4-2 came via Lindsey Horan, who had a, a kind of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde performance. First half, she was Mr. Hyde. And like totally, I thought ineffective. And in the second half, she was dealing. I mean, she was what three out of our four goals were keyed by a very nice between the lines pass from her. Well, let's, let's run through the let's run through the elevens and the formations because I think that uh, that actually I think contributed to a lot of our struggles in the first half. Uh, and I, I'm going to say that they were less personnel related than formation and and scheme related in the first half um or at least it's it's the most likely i mean there was a huge switch from first half to second half that affected buildup um and it could have also been personnel but i think shape definitely factored in so let's run through what we what we trotted out to begin this game okay goalkeeper was elisa Alyssa Neher, uh emily fox at right back naomi germa and becky sauerbrunn at center back and crystal dunn at left back and then we had Taylor Korniak playing as the six, which was a little bit of a surprise, I think, with Rose Lavelle and Lindsey Horan in front of her. But, you know, lots of circulation between the three of them. Um, and then Midge Purse at right wing, Alex Morgan at striker, and Mallory Swanson, formerly Pew, at left wing. 
Yeah, so so the the big switches here are Dunn coming back into the lineup at left back, and then Fox staying in the lineup but switching over to right back, which she has not really done, I don't think, since since like the Jill Ellis era, like when okay. she was still probably at North Carolina. Uh, so this is different, right? And we get, we want to see how that works. And then yeah, Korniak is the six um, with, and she was definitely like the dedicated deepest midfielder, even though Haran would drop down a lot, mm-hmm. and then Lavelle like wasn't really rotating in and that that's the big thing that we ran into here uh do we want to run through new zealand quick before we before we talk about how the shapes matched up yeah i'm not gonna give everybody's full name here but i've got aaron naylor in goal uh grace neville the right back and ashley ward the left back you notice them a lot in the in the rewatch just because they're just getting roasted constantly (laughs) and then um, chuckling but yeah there's there's definitely some 1v1 matchups a lot of 1v1 matchups that were working in our favor. Yeah. I mean, not even that, that that's a that's classic Velasquez understatement. I mean, like the, <laughs> Neville was she was a revolving door for Swanson to go past. Um Ali Riley and uh Green were the center backs, Ali Riley from Angel City FC. Uh and then they uh crossed the band of four in their 442 in the midfield. You got Jail, Hassett, uh, Daisy Cleverly, very nice name that, and then Chance on the left side, and then the front two were Collins and Rennie, and they were in a very four four two four four two, right? I mean, this was this was extremely like vanilla uh, shape, and I I think they got a lot of credit for how organized they were in the first half, and you know, it, it was zero zero going into the locker room, which is huge for a team like this going against what is a international juggernaut in the U S women. Um, but, but for me, it was very much just us being, uh, poor schematically and how we matched up against them. So we were nominally in a four, three, three, uh, but the way we built out our build up phase, we essentially just mirrored them. So like they have their four, four, two, two forwards high, and we would split up when we would build out of the back, we would split both Fox and Dunn wide, uh, and we would end up with just two deep, and it was just uh, Germa and Sauerbrunn matched up against their two forwards. And our fullbacks would basically walk right into their outside mids and be marked immediately by them. And then our three in the midfield did not function like a three in midfield. Lavelle had almost no role in the early stages of buildup, like next to, I mean, none. She was playing two lines higher. And, and so we basically just had Korniak and Haran matched up against their two center mids. And so we were building against their 4-4-2 with like a 2-4-4. And it was, it was so ineffective um, schematically. We yeah. still had 1v1 matchups that we could exploit and did a couple of times to get us out of there. But we did nothing to help those talent uh, advantages that we had with our, she- with our shape and scheme in the first half. It was really, really, uh, we struggled badly, I think. We played the ball. I mean, we had, we got a little bit of traction playing the ball to Midge Purse's feet and then having her beat somebody or, or, you know, just beat one person and then play a pass something. But, and that's yeah. what it was. That's where it was just the, the grown up against a, a inexperienced New Zealand player where Midge Purse was bullying some people on that sideline. Yeah. And but we'll but again, schematically, the first half was not good for us and it was, it was a good adjustment at halftime that we can get into, but, uh, we we had no real ideas of how to combine our way through what again was a very vanilla four four two defense. Yeah, 
And let me just head something off at the pass. I think, uh, you know, I, I tweeted at halftime that that was an alarm, an alarming performance from the women, women's national team. And somebody said, well, you guys got to chill out. It's like we, it's, uh, it was a tentative half of soccer. Uh, doesn't really matter that much. Everybody in the, re- in the rest of the world is getting better. I think we can acknowledge all that stuff and say, but still we gotta, we have to, well, to use your word, schematically do something a little better to sort of build, build up and then create chances. And I guess that first half just showed like no signs of life on that front. Right. And, and, and this is, this has been our running issue, right? We, we recognize the amount of individual talent that's on this on, in our pool, you know, uh, through, you know, 15 attacking players names. You're like this, that's a good attacking player. That's a good attacking player. Ooh, another good attacking player. Um, it's, it's about trying to figure out, is there anything we're doing to, uh, put them in the best possible positions or is it just like, well, let's see if they can run through a brick wall by themselves and create something. And, you know, as you step up in competition, that brick wall gets more and more sturdy. And uh, this was decidedly not a brick wall we were up against in New Zealand. Right. This was yeah. a this is this wall is made out of popsicle sticks. Ferns. We, yeah, made we, out of ferns. <laughs> and we, we really uh, couldn't get a lot of momentum running up against it. And, and again, despite that, we still got some like outrageously clear cut chances to score in that first half. Uh, but it was never anything where like, Oh man, we are, we are clicking. And part of that is part of, I, th- I think another thing that factored into uh, the lack of um, exploiting those, even the individual advantages we had was the fact that this is the off season, right? So these players haven't played, soccer in six weeks 10 weeks for some of them so that does matter too and if you're just relying on individual uh, prowess to beat people you're going to get less of that with a bunch of rusty players right so take all those caveats a teaspoon of this a tablespoon of that throw them in the bowl as we talk about it but um yeah i think the the overarching issue remains so should we go to the timeline let's hit the timeline uh, I just clocked right in the third minute at 245, uh, Crystal Dunn getting caught on the ball. Uh, nothing really came of it, but, um, it's, it's another, I don't know a, if Dunn, yeah, go ahead. Well, Dunn's going to be rusty, right? She hasn't played with the national team sig- significant minutes in a while. I know she got back in, uh, in those last windows last winter, but she's going to be a little bit rusty, but it's still b- back to like the scheme around her. And when we get the ball and you can pause it, like when the ball gets to Dunn on the sideline. Um, she hesitated a little bit. So instead of getting herself out of the jam with like just hitting it back to Nair or all the way back to Germa on her first touch, she collects it. And as soon mm-hmm. as she collects it, like there, we don't have any other options. And you've got three New Zealand players like enveloping her right there. Because I, I think another theme that's going to come out here is our combination instincts, or at least our tendencies are really not great. No. Uh, and, and again, uh, Lavelle was not like one of those center mids, constantly making herself available for the ball. Um, it, does, it doesn't seem like that's her role in our central midfield. So I don't think, I don't know if Haran was doing it either. At least. Right. That's like, the big piece is if, if you're not getting it from Lavelle, then you're playing with two center mids. They have a lot of work to do if you're going to try to be this ball dominant team. And, and it's just, those tendencies just aren't there. Like you, we, we don't have people constantly shifting and popping into windows, you know, with that quickness and uh, inevitability. To, to basically rondo our, way, rondo our way out of these out of these jams. So Dunn got herself in a jam, a little rusty, so she can't 
individual skill her way out of it, which normally she might do. Uh, and so we just, we just kind of turn it over. Yeah, you really need people showing for the ball with alacrity to make it work. And, and somebody making that second run off of, the, off of the first, you know, you pass the ball to somebody's feet. It's almost like there's never that. I mean, you, I'm just sort of repeating what you said and expanding on it, but never that like that quick sort of, okay, the ball comes into Lavelle's feet and then uh, somebody else is showing into the space near her to for maybe for the, for the layoff or, or, or some other kind of pass. It's not, there's very little coordination like that going on. I'll tell you when we get it and, and it, it's team coordination, but it's also individual. Like I said, it's some, some, to some extent it's individual instinct and tendency. Yeah. And the player who brings it every time is Ashley Sanchez. Uh, she's not always like perfect, but she is that kind of player, no doubt. So she is of a type that will give us that. And then it's just going to be about whether her execution is good enough that she could maybe force her way into a lineup or at least start increasing her minutes. Well, this is assuming Blacko even cares about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I noticed Ashley Ward, that number 30, who, who, uh, who, suffered some at the hands of Mitch Purse was being kind of impudent with her on a, on the sideline. I wasn't loving that. Maybe she shouldn't have asked for that. Maybe, maybe that yeah. was where it all went. It started to go wrong. <laughs> it for started her. to go wrong. challenging right? Mitch Purse personally. <laughs> yeah. They sort of, she sort of like threw her arm at her or something. Um, four fifty, we get a good move, move up the right from Germa to purse. Uh, and then to, Fo- to Fox on the underlap Fox gets in the man city zone lifts it across Morgan meets it kind of on the on its upward trajectory at the near post and bumps it over it may have drifted to Lindsey Horan on the back post and um I mean if if Morgan had let it ride I don't know but um you know you got to think on a chance like that Horan would put it away yeah and so this was (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah she would not miss a wide open chance like that in the box so uh this was absolutely purse coming back around on ward and, and doing her dirty after maybe maybe some of that impotence right so we we finally find her up the sideline uh the build-up work again wasn't great um you know we we finally hit haran in a spot where she has some space in the middle and she was in the first half she was almost like a parody of ball recirculation uh of like refusing to go forward and being like nope we got to recirculate this uh, like a transition moment. She's got half the field wide open to play into on the left side. She got it kind of in the right half space at midfield, but nope, we're going to turn this ball back around, recirculate it. Uh, I'll ride the challenge long enough to drop it back to Becky Sauerbrunn. Oh, she but, loves to ride a challenge, <laughs> <laughs> but we finally get it up and then we beat the four, four, two again, not with shape necessarily, but we do, uh, uh, beat it with a little bit of cleverness and it's just, uh, Fox getting higher than that midfield line. So our, our fullbacks have been running into their outside mids, you know, as, as the shape just matched up, but Fox got herself eight yards of clearance beyond the center mid or the outside mid. And we just had a simple ball at the sideline to her. Uh, and then what we have next is uh, a nice little run from purse into out to get to the sideline, but it still then just takes her absolutely bulldozing uh, or absorbing a hit from New Zealand. New Zealand player goes to the ground and now Purse gets to play a little bit. Smart from Fox to continue a run. Um, and then on the actual ball in, the, the strange part about this is I wonder if Fox was going for the clipped ball far post because it doesn't make really any sense for her to clip the ball to Alex Morgan there. They're like nine yards away. Yeah. 
and there's nobody in between them. <laughs> so you'd think if this was going to Morgan to try to score, we would just slide it on the ground like a cutback from the Man City zone. But we're, we have such crossing brain that we still hit this ball up in the air. And this is going to rear its head again in the second half, but with a better outcome where we cross the ball to the player who is actually closest to us with no defenders in there in between uh, instead of hitting it on the ground. Are you, are you referring to that first goal, the, the first Swanson goal? Yes, yeah. our first goal comes from Rodman clipping a ball to a player where there's a clear path on the ground from Rodman to that player. 9.40, Mark. We get a good move. Uh, Korniak plays it through the lines to Lavelle, who turns and drives forward, cuts onto her left, and then sprays it to Crystal Dunn into the corner. Dunn's left-footed cross is a bit overcooked and gets knotted away. But at least there was some, you know, some soccer happening in that sequence. Yeah, so Korniak, Korniak was constantly trying to work in between, in that 4-4-2, like in between their two center mids and their two fours. Like she kept occupying that space. We just didn't find her with any kind of conviction. Like we, it just seemed like our players thought it was too risky to pass it into that pocket for, for a lot of the first half. When we did find her, um, she was willing to attempt some, some line splitting passes from there. She was pretty good, I thought. Not not as um, you know majestic as Vince would like us to think, but um, pretty good. But so that, six. That was a, that was a perfect example, though, right? Like when she can get it in that space, uh, and then sort of force the D to collapse on her. It wasn't the safest pass. It wasn't like the the most comfortable pass to hit it up the line to Lavelle. Like she had to hit it through a small window. But if we can do that and get it to Lavelle in that pocket and let Lavelle cook, that's a that is a good. That's like when, when I talk about surgical, this is a surgical attempt to get the ball upfield rather than just the opposite of surgical progression is like vicinity progression where you just try to hit the ball in the vicinity of one of our players and hope that their uh, individual talent is enough that they can just win a battle. Uh, this was a surgical attempt and it paid off and it went right to Lavelle's feet and she gets to cook. So if we can surgically create chances for Rose Lavelle to cook, we're doing all right. Although to go back to what we were talking about earlier, Lavelle cooking often means if she receives the ball between the lines, she turns and then she dribbles for a while. There's never anybody, there's never a sense that once that pass is made between the lines, then we press our advantage as a collective. It's like Lavelle takes the ball, she starts dribbling, everybody runs away from her. Yes, the running away is such a hallmark of our of our play. And that's, that's where I started thinking about like our combination tendencies. Because so often our tendency is to be like, oh, we have the ball race upfield. Yep. Uh, we'll get to a couple of times where we did the opposite, where the opposite of racing upfield is having at least one person pissed in back. So you have some movement going upfield, other movement tracking back to the ball. And we get some of that uh, on a later Lavelle chance that we'll talk about. Okay. Good work up the right in the 16th minute where almost all of our attacking in the first half came from uh, Fox to Korniak. And then Korniak plays a good pass to Purse coming back on the touchline. Purse cuts in and then slips Lavelle down the channel. This is kind of like Lavelle sort of in the, in the messy zone, you know, where she's coming, she's coming across the top of the box with her left foot. And um, she just scuffs it slowly. She, I mean, she creates a good shooting opportunity. She just scuffs it slowly out of bounds. But uh, I thought it was nice from Purse. All right. So we just talked about pistoning. This was like the clearest case, early, the earliest best case of it in the game for me. So we get that ball up to Midge. And then Alex Morgan doesn't run away from her. Alex Morgan checks back. And it's not a huge thing that she does. It's, it's a small movement. 
But all like if she just drifts up field and runs away, she br- she brings New Zealand's whole back line and center backs with her just by doing that little movement of being like, oh, I'm just going to show my hips to the ball, show my belly button to Midge Purse here. The defender creeps up to Alex Morgan, and that's exactly the space that Roosevelt runs into uh, and that Midge Purse passes into. If we don't have that pistoning and everyone just runs away, then it's just Midge dribbling upfield until eventually she runs into a cul-de-sac. So it's it's such a big deal to get this opposition movement, uh, one player coming back so the other person can run in behind. Um, and when we do it, we've got good pieces to exploit it. Okay. Was there, so I'm going to talk about uh, the big chance for Haran in the 18th minute, which I sort of uh, quietly alluded to earlier. Um, <laughs> Korniak finds a good run into the right corner from Purse. I think there was some pistoning here too. This is the 1730 mark. Um, Purse collects the ball way out wide, um, squares up her defender and just dusts her, megs her into the box. This is the same woman she had had the slight argument with earlier in the game. And then she cuts it back for Mallory Swanson. Swanson kind of whiffs on it in traffic. Um, but it luckily spills to Haran, who is as one V one with the keeper as you can be. And um, she tries to pass it in with her left foot, but Naylor makes a kick save. You know, we're not a finishing podcast, but (laughs) this was, she had the whole goal to shoot at. She put it in one of the few places where it could be stopped. Pretty bad miss as those things go. Yeah. So, but the pissing, the pissing is good. And and it's exactly what it was. We worked it out to Fox. Fox is still looking at kind of a, a, she, she didn't receive it beyond the New Zealand midfield line, but she gets it with enough time that she can face up. Midge is coming back to her uh you know that that movement back towards the ball and it's not super clean we want this to get a little better like midge almost like runs into fox she gets a little too close the spacing's not quite right but still a little bit of this is better than none so midge brings a freezes that left fullback for just a second and that's where lavelle runs into again lavelle not really involved in the buildup but she's in for that next attacking third phase and we're able to slip her in behind and that's how we get the ball into uh the, uh, the best attacking space so that's how it starts and then we do a bunch of other stuff um including some good you know willing passing not just trying to cross it into the box that ends up leading to this awesome haran chance yeah i think purse makes the right choice to play that cutback i, I feel like swanson could have you know she could have thumped that ball into the net if she, on another day oh yeah yeah and i we shouldn't gloss over how how badly purse dusts this this uh, New Zealand defender um, to let herself then pick her pass out. Uh, Morgan and Pew kind of both arrive at the ball, so Morgan might have actually thrown Pew off more than any defender did. Uh, but it is a clear chance for Pew to to put a shot on target here from uh, what I would consider also uh, a surgical cutback from Midge Purse. Well done, Midge. Yeah, very intentional. Not just hitting it in the vicinity. We'll have a we'll have an Alex Morgan vicinity cross later in the game. We've got a couple from Swanson, I think. Did I have I been saying pew constantly? Yeah, but that's okay. I think it's it's it'll we'll help people transition from one to the other. Um, yeah, there's a there's a big. Um, I don't even know if it qualifies as a vicinity cross in the, at the twenty two thirty mark from from Lavelle. Corniak plays like strokes it down the line for Lavelle with the outside of her boot through a through a really tight window and. Um, Lavelle, you know, she's she's sort of streaming down the left wing. She has a step, and she just overcooks her cross. I have the screenshot in, screenshot in the dock here. 
Swanson has a step on the back post. We got numbers arriving in the box and it's just a terrible cross. And it's like, if we're, if we're going to be a crossing team, can we at least get some good crosses? So, so my answer there is not really like <laughs> you're not just going to be like, oh, we will just decide to hit very accurate crosses. It's just really hard to do that. So, uh, you hit know, it low, hit it low, you know, like <laughs> like in that space right in front of the six. It's it's Swanson a tough pounds it in the goal. It's a tough technique here. I'm, I'm going to defend like the, the poor cross, if that makes sense. It's a tough technique here for Lavelle. Like she's she's running full speed to get to this ball she's not really squared up to the field when she hits it it's a swivel cross that's Uh, true she's well outside the man city zone right she's she's closer to the sideline than she is to the edge of the six uh or the edge of the 18 so she's she's got to hit this ball to cover some distance the other thing we should mention too uh is the field seemed to be running really slow it did so that's another reason, like, you can't necessarily try to put this on the ground. You've, you know you've got to put something behind this. And she, she has to put a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of oomph into this cross to even get it close. And maybe she ends up putting a little, just a little bit more oomph than she wanted to. Yeah, I know all about the slowness of the grass because people kept trying to hijack the game thread with horticulture discussion. <laughs> turf before, we, before they moved on to chicken sandwiches. A lot of, a lot of turf managers in the Discord. <laughs> Uh, 26 minute mark Lavelle flicks it to Morgan coming to the center circle. This was maybe the, the nader of the first half for me. Um, it's a clearance from our back line. Uh, Lavelle cleverly flicks it to Morgan coming back, uh, coming back across the midfield line. Uh, Morgan has purse streaming upfield to her left. So Morgan's facing her own goal. She's got purse streaming up to her left in miles of space and she lays it off for Haran, who is kind of in traffic. And um, Haran steps on it, uh, realizes she's, she's sort of running out of space. I mean, Haran probably could have found Purse, too. I don't know. And then uh, Haran passes it backward to Sauerbrunn, I believe. Or maybe it was Germa. But it was, it was very frustrating because this, like this is a moment where we have, you know, we have five people running forward in the middle of the, in the, middle of the field. Morgan, if Morgan just... One touches it over to Purse. We're off to the races, and instead we're uh, you know we're passing it back and forth between Sauerbrunn and Germa for another thirty seconds. And yeah, so for me this is actually peak uh, Lindsey Horan recirculation parody because uh, while while Morgan sh- should be able to like lay that ball flat off to Purse, that might slow Purse down a little. You know, it's a tougher technique for Morgan to lead Midge Purse there. That's true. Than it is for for Morgan to sort of play a classic up back through where it comes up to Morgan. She lays off to Haran, whose body is facing upfield. Haran should be able to ping this ball with ease into the space that Purse is running through. And the only the only reason I wonder if she couldn't do it is because she might have clocked the referee who was running right beside Midge Purse as a defender. She might have yeah. thought that the dark socks, dark trunks there. Uh, of the referee were a New Zealand player. And so she didn't hit it first time, did her step over extra touch, recirculate back to the center backs. It's a, it's a fair point because if, as I was watching it, I was like, is there a New Zealand player behind the ref there? I couldn't, I wasn't quite sure. Had to, had to rewatch it a couple of times. So I, sh- yeah. I sh- shouldn't be so hard on Morgan about it. On, on the video, but the reason, the reason uh, I think we ding Haran harder here is just because this has become a trend for her. This isn't a one-off thing where like normally you'd bet you'd bank on her pinging that ball upfield. Like she has just been constantly uh, slowing it down, recirculating, 
killing the momentum or the rhythm of possession. Uh, and and it, even that improves in the second half. Yeah. In fact, I don't know that we need to talk about all, the rest of these things in the first half. Is there anything you really <laughs> want to get to? I mean, there's a, there's some mildly promising stuff. There's a Morgan Morgan trying to cross it and hitting it out of bounds to the left of the goal. Um, there's a nice ball from Haran in the 40th minute over the top for Morgan. And she has a shot from a tough angle that she flashes pretty comfortably wide. Uh, and then there's that in the 42nd minute, Swanson takes a free kick and curls it in. And then Haran just elaborately dummies it in front of goal. <laughs> Is it, it a dummy or is it a, is it just a whiff? I'm call, I'm still They're calling the it an elaborate dummy. They're indistinguishable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that the theme here still for me was like, it was tough for us to build through New Zealand's very basic defense. And it did look like a lot of times we would just get impatient and just sort of hit the ball upfield in the vicinity of someone like, all right, well, there's a good play up there. I bet she'll beat this New Zealand debutante. Uh, and we didn't do it that much, but we still did enough to create the handful of chances that we had here. Um, I'm not counting that as a promising first half. No, I mean, we probably deserved a goal in the first half. Oh, yeah. Haran's chance alone is. Yeah. Between Haran's chance and Midge Purse's cross goom shot, I feel like. Uh, oh, yeah, which right I didn't there. even mention. She hits the post with a inswinger from near the right touchline. I don't, I guess, I don't know if anybody's asked her if she meant to shoot that or not. Halftime comes and we sub on uh, Alana Cook for Germa. Sofia Huerta comes on for Crystal Dunn, which moves Emily Fox back over to left back, and Huerta plays right back. Uh, Andy Sullivan comes on for Korniak, and Trinity Rodman on for Purse. And then, well, why don't you explain what you think changed in the way we approached that, like trying to break down that four four two? So, so we make these personnel changes, which could definitely also factor into. Uh, how easily we carved through New Zealand in the second half. Also, New Zealand probably starting to wilt a little bit as they have a bunch of inexperienced players against a bunch of, you know, seasoned U.S. national team women. Um, but also, we switched from going with our, like, symmetrical build-out shape where our two center backs are, are you know, stay central and then the fullbacks flare out wide um, into, like, an asymmetrical 3-2-5 uh, um, where Emily Fox... Stay, or I'm sorry, Sofia Huerta stays home as sort of and creates a back three. Fox goes upfield. And, and now we have three against New Zealand's front two with Sullivan kind of trying to find angles where we can pass through to her and Haran helping as needed. But it definitely changes the numerical shape in the buildup. And New Zealand just did not have a response for this. We, we carved them up for chance after chance, like immediately. So not only did we... Um, retain our individual strength uh, advantage over almost every player on their on their in their lineup but now we had a schematic advantage and it was curtains yeah and and haran was also cooking like she she really played well i thought in the second half um and and wasn't as as prone to step on the ball and pass it backward like she was trying difficult passes in in between the lines and I guess the I guess the numerical you know the numerical advantage we had with the, with our three at the back formation probably helped, but it was also it's hard to imagine she didn't get a a word from somebody at halftime that said like look let's just like you know play the pass attempt to play forward. the ball upfield quickly. Yeah. Uh, 
No, I, I, I'm sure that's the case. But I, I also do think that the, the scheme created a much more like rhythmic passing uh, environment for, for us to play in. Yeah. So right away, 48th minute, Swanson roasts Grace Neville down the left, puts a left footed cross on Rodman's head on the back post, and she heads it wide. Probably should have been a goal. Um, I mean, it's a, you know, she's, she's, she's trying to head it with the head of the person marking her in close proximity. So that's, that's probably part of the reason. Anyway, who cares? Uh, it's, it's good movement though. Uh, Trinity Rodman, excellent movement here to, uh, I don't know if you'd say ghost at the far post, but she, she creates that little separation for that ball to find her. Yeah. Like it's kind of a little, I feel like she got a little bit of a forearm into, into the New Zealand players back. She may have. Yeah. Um, 49th minute. So a minute after that, uh, we get a nice pass from Haran through the lines to Lavelle. Lavelle dribbles 35 yards, um, kind of as she does and has a left footed curler from the top of the box. This time she connects with it. She doesn't scuff it. It's just a little bit wide. And, and so again, this is where, um, as things stand us getting the ball to Lavelle and by as things stand, I mean, the way the women's national team is playing right now, uh, with, with a lot of emphasis on crossing. Getting the ball to Lavelle in these pockets qualifies as a much, for me, a much better initial attacking position. So this is exactly what we want to see. Uh, want to note here too, um, Alana Cook, who as she comes into this game, she has a lot more, I think, conviction to pass between the lines. This one wasn't her, but uh, it struck me that as a team, we were with Cook in there. I think we hit these passes a lot more often, more so than Germa. You think? I don't know if it's a if it's Germa or if it's Sauerbrunn, Tread but either way, tread carefully here. <laughs> with Cook in there, and Cook had some mistakes in this game, similar to how she's had some like moments uh, that stand out as mistakes in, in some of the other games we played in in yeah in the fall. Um, but yeah, this this pass from Haran to Lavelle is exactly what we need to see more of. Uh, this it's a surgical ball, right? Like this ball is into her feet in a pocket. Um, it's disguised. Uh, that's another thing we can add a lot more of. Our first half, there was no disguise to our passing. Um, you don't see this pass, this this pass coming a mile away, uh, right? So yeah, so we're we're seeing we're seeing the the things that we need to see more of from the national team already within three minutes of halftime. Okay, but I'm gonna do before we get to all all oh, the goals, no. which are gonna be fun to talk about. I'm gonna do one more sour grapes thing, and it's right in the 51st minute. There's a sequence that really bugs me. It's um, it's a good pass into zone 14 from Haran, uh, who, like I said, was playing definitely was very good in the second half, I thought. But Swanson, who receives the pass right at the top of the box, seems kind of confused by it. Like, what's like what's going on here? And she and Lavelle are occupying the same space and the player. And then so Swanson kind of gets the ball and then sort of stumbles over it and passes it backward to Fox who then overhits a through ball into the box, which is sort of beside the point. It's just the, I don't, when I see this, I don't know, like I don't see what our plan is or like what the, what the scheme is when we're up against this low block. I have the screenshot in the doc. Uh, what is going on? I don't understand it. So I, I clocked this in real time as like a promising moment for the national team, <laughs> for this women's team. And it was because uh, we were trying to actually like intricate our way through it. And it's going to be messy a lot as you, as you begin to do this, because we don't do it very often, right? Usually 
this thing started with the ball. I mean, it started a long time ago, but right before the moment you're talking about, we'd gotten the ball out to Sofia Huerta out wide, and she could have just lumped it into the box, right? But instead, she doesn't. She she gets picks her head up, sees that there isn't like an immediate passing option on, and she puts the ball back into the into the central midfield to Haran's feet, and then she slashes through the middle of the field. This is all the stuff that I want to see us doing: passing, slashing, looking for feet. And so as the ball goes back to Haran. You've got Huerta slashing through, and you've got just a mess of U.S. bodies at the top of the box. Uh, so it's going to be messy when we try to combine. But Haran didn't just clip a ball in, you know, in over the back line to see if we could run onto it. She also tried to find somebody's feet so we could keep soccering our way through this block. So I, I clock this as like a good attempt by the U.S. to try to pass our way through things. You know, we hit the ball into Swanson's feet, and she collects it you know, 22 yards out, this is a good position for us to be in. It's just, we got to, we got to iron out like the, uh, the messiness and that's going to take time. But for me, this is like a positive moment for the team, uh, in our progress, hopefully our hopeful progress to being, uh, better at combining through defenses. I can see that, that take on it, but it's just, it, it, it seemed like Swanson had no idea what to do. Oh, she didn't. I mean, she absolutely didn't. And part of this is and because... And Lavelle had no idea what to do either. Like, it, if she's not receiving that ball, what is, what's she supposed to do? Who knows? Right. And this is where it's like, oh, we got to figure this out. But it takes reps, right? It takes reps to create the timing and the rhythm. So as this ball could have just gone straight to Lavelle. I don't know who Haran was passing to. I don't know if she was passing to Lavelle or Swanson or even Huerta. Uh, who's continuing her, her run? I think the important thing is she didn't just try to clip it over the New Zealand back four. So which I'm is happy Mor- with which her. is what Morgan wanted her to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm and Morgan's like half a body offside, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm happy that we chose instead to hit it to a very talented attacker's feet, and then again, Swanson literally intercepts it from from Lavelle. If we tidy this up even eight percent, then Swanson changes her run. And the ball goes into Lavelle's feet and Lavelle uh, has a defense collapse on her, but immediately lays it off to Swanson, who is now running past the defense who's all wrong footed. And it, it turns into this incredibly tidy team shot attempt. Right. So this is where I see this as like a very good thing, even though in this particular sequence, it turns it's a little messy and it's like, oh, we didn't quite iron it out. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm chalking this up as a very good moment for the U.S. in our quest. Uh, to become the most fluid attacking team in the world. So we've, this is like we've completed chapter one of the how-to book. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, um, let's get to the goals because they were, they were all nice and they're worth celebrating no matter who the opponent and, and oh, what. For sure. 51st, uh, 51st minute, we get the first one. It's, uh, it starts with a good bit of interplay. Huerta back to Cook, Cook to Sullivan between the lines, to your point earlier, Greg. Uh, Sullivan plays it wide to Lavelle and gets kind of taken out as she plays the pass and Lavelle carries it forward and slips it along out wide for Rodman who cuts in and hits an in-swinging cross basically right at Allie Riley, the center back for New Zealand. But Swanson is charging at the goal mouth and flashes in front of Riley to meet the ball and then loops it over Naylor. Very nice goal. I'm I'm totally on board with the cook pass to start this, right? This is the surgical uh, approach. And then uh, Sullivan with another very clean pass to Lavelle, and we're, we've got Lavelle cooking. And, and then we get to see Trinity, right? She just had the chance with her head, and now we get to see her, instead of just hitting the cross in immediately, 
She takes her time. She dusts a player, uh, opens her hips up. I get this is where it's still just like it. I don't know that this ball needs to be clipped in the air, but it creates a very aesthetically pleasing goal. You're saying uh, the optimal thing there is to play it to Swanson's feet as she arrives in the box. Yeah, I mean, that's what you, you, you just want sort of a nicely weighted pass that sort of dies right in front of Swanson's path so she can step into it and strike it. But instead, you know, we put it in the air because I still think that's a little bit of just our default is to like be like, oh, I should cross this because I'm out wide and I'm going to cross it into the middle. Uh, so we, we make it a lot more difficult of a finish. And then Swanson just literally rises to the occasion and scores an absolute blinder with her head. A bunch this of people is, are, this is not me complaining about the goal we scored. I mean, it's fantastic. And again, this is where this is, this, this is our starting point, right? Trinity Rodman is not a super experienced player, but she's a tremendous attacker. If this is where we start with her, uh, we're doing really good here. Well, I am curious what you, what you think of her performance in this game, but maybe we can talk about that in a little bit. A bunch of people are offside in the second half when they shouldn't be, like Haran and Swanson. <laughs> Haran keeps dealing from deep. It's hard not to appreciate what she can do. But what's her role? Is she like a midfielder in a dub- double pivot, ideally, with a sort of a, a hard woman next to her? I don't know. I mean, that, that's what she played in this game. And again, it's hard to know because the competition level is not high here. Uh, but she thrived in this role where she was the secondary option, right? Sullivan was the one that we were like supposed to play to, you know, on, in the, the textbook of, of building through here. Uh, and then Haran comes back as needed or just comes back as space allows. And it's like, oh, now it's me. And then she did a very good job once she got it of progressing the ball for us. So in this, in this case, she was thriving. And so it'll be interesting to see if, if we kind of stick with this um, in February or if we, if we try to tweak it a little bit. Yeah. What's, what's your take on Haran here? Well, I think she's so uh, easy to bypass defensively that it's hard to. Are you, are you about to call Lindsay Haran a, a luxury center midfielder? A luxury six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. She, I mean, she had a 55th, 56 minutes. She had, there's a nice in back through from Morgan and Lavelle off a throw. Lavelle clips a ball in for Haran in the box, kind of over the back line. And Haran, you know, Haran's running onto it. Her touch fails her. It trickles to the keeper. It's, she just doesn't look comfortable as somebody who like stretches a back line or, um, you know, sort of like does something very cutting in the final third. She is good at playing those passes between the, between the lines though or reliable <laughs> uh no i totally agree uh i think that's exactly where we are and so my big question as we get into february especially is going to be will will ashley sanchez get a chance to to show that she can do a, a haran job but also uh add more thrust a little bit more rhythm uh in build up and whether that's something vladko is interested in seeing I'm going to say the answer to those questions is no. I feel I like mean, the no, answer to some of those questions is yes, but the, the, the most important question is probably no. Good clarification. Yeah. <laughs> the, the answer to the question of whether Vlaco is interested in it and whether Sanchez will get like a real chance to do that is probably no. All right. 60th minute uh, goal USA. The legacy ladies show their class. It's uh, Haran through the lines. Very clever, clever pass to Disguised. Lavelle. Disguised. We got that disguise again. Yeah. And then 
Lavelle kind of steps over it backwards and then back heels Morgan into the box. It's just wonderful. Wonderful pass. Morgan uh, Megs Naylor with her left foot from a tight angle, 2-0. Yeah, and this is absolutely the kind of thing we need to see against a New Zealand side that's debuting eight players, right? We need to see Haran uh, clown them with that pass, so a pass they don't expect, they don't see coming because they're inexperienced. We need to see Lavelle trying stuff uh, because she's Rose Lavelle and she's amazing. And then we need to see Alex Morgan racing in on goal, you know, finishing with conviction. Which she did, yeah. Uh, Sanchez comes on for Lavelle right after the goal. And the next thing I've clocked is the the third goal in the 65th minute. It's another good pass between the lines from Haran, this time to Sanchez. Sanchez turns and plays a diagonal to Swanson running in the left channel. She corrals it and rounds the keeper and slots it left-footed into the empty net, 3-0. A little credit to Alex Morgan for drawing the center back's attention with her, her runaway to Swanson's right. But um, the defending from Elizabeth Anton, who had come on for Allie Riley uh, a little bit earlier, was not very good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this is where we get into, um, I don't know what you want to call it, January camp stuff, right? I think, yeah. I think a lot of our listeners will be familiar with kind of that, that idea where uh, the competition isn't always at its strongest either. So still, though, the, the pass from Haran is the important thing, right? To collect it in space hit a ball through a narrow window to an attacking player in a nice pocket. Um, and then everything after that is kind of just fun. Yeah. Good, clean fun. Well, <laughs> well let's, t- let's talk. Uh, we've got like three or four more items and, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up and then we'll talk about the January camp roster a little bit, but 69th minute cook plays the ball in the air to Haran in the center circle. Um, and Haran, you know, she really, feeling it at this point touches it deftly and then volleys it down the line to spring rodman uh not down the line but sort of down the right wing rodman drives at the goal and uh she elects to cut it back for sanchez in traffic instead of squaring it for lynn williams and i don't understand i don't understand why williams has three steps on her marker and she's like arriving at the penalty marker Rodman has plenty of window to pass her. I'm, I'm not like, it's not that big of a deal. You know, the game's already three zero at this point, but we need Rodman to capitalize on chances like this. And it, it turns out her pass does make it to Sanchez kind of miraculously. And then Sanchez snatches at it and sends it well wide, wide of the post, which is kind of the Sanchez sort of steals any embarrassment from Rodman and <laughs> takes it all upon herself with that terrible finish or terrible attempted finish, but Robin's got to square this to Williams. No. Yes. hundred percent. This ball needs to get squared to Williams. What I still am like, Oh, I'm just so glad she didn't try to shoot it. <laughs> so yeah. again, I'm, I'm of the squaring school. So I'm so <laughs> glad that she was looking for some kind of a cutback here. She picked the wrong one for sure. And then to be honest, Sanchez should have also found Lynn Williams. Yeah. Yeah. So but- after all this with everyone collapsing, literally three New Zealand players and the goalkeeper all like, desperately racing to Sanchez. Sanchez needs to pass this ball four yards to her left for Lynn Williams to tap in. Uh, but yes, I mean, it's just, a, it's just a miss from Trinity and on the, and on the tape, if they care about these things, they'll be like, yep, this, you see this window, you just got to put it in Williams path and, and we get a nice tap in. 
Yeah. So both Sanchez and, and Trin needed to find Lynn Williams here. I'm glad they eventually do. It yeah, just happens, very, <laughs> happens very shortly. Uh, in the 74th minute, 73.50, another in-swinger from Rodman. This one off a throw-in where she wasn't picked up. So you know, we throw it into her. She's not picked up on the edge of the box. And um, she turns, takes a couple touches, and then hits it with her left foot. Lynn Williams nods at far post with her head. A good header, uh, 4-0. Kind of a, diff- a very difficult header because she's kind of leaning away from the goal a little bit. After the game, she said she got her little butt up in the air and quote-unquote nogged it in. <laughs> and I like that. I'm going to use I'm nog glad. as a verb from yeah, now we can on. Yeah, always, we can always use a little bit more finishing vocabulary. <laughs> so, uh, again, the, the effort level of New Zealand here is flagging. Um, the way Rodman gets the ball in this at the corner of the box with nobody showing any real interest in defending her. Um, but the, the key thing here for me is just a really savvy finish from Lynn Williams because that's like an experienced veteran header just to know how to even execute something like that. Yeah, and then to, and then to sort of minimize it by saying she just nogged it in. <laughs> Love it. Well, yes, happy for her because we didn't really mention this. She, she's back for the first time in ages. She's been dealing yeah. with some really, I'm sure, frustrating injury woes. Uh, so for her, for her to come in, into the game late and get her goal, that's just an important like, human moment. Her last game for the, um, for the Kansas City Current was in March, I believe. So nearly a year ago. By the way, we are doing, uh, we're doing some new episodes these days on every other Wednesday called Woso Wednesday. Tara and Vince and I are talking about sort of doing like a Monday review style show on, but only on women's soccer. This was hopefully a way for us to keep our finger on the pulse as we get close to the World Cup. And of course, we'll be recapping uh, all the women's national team games. Our plan right now is to recap Friday night's game, also against New Zealand, on Sunday. Of course, She Believes Cup is coming up after that. Let me, let me make my little pitch for the Patreon. Just released this morning, patron-only episode, an emergency podcast episode on Chris Richards' 90 Minutes versus Manchester United for Crystal Palace. Seemed like a big deal to us at the time. <laughs> <laughs> still does. Still does. It's a big deal. We need, we need better center backs, and he's, uh, he's kind of our best hope for that, I think, at the moment. Uh, should we talk? Well, any closing thoughts on the, on the New Zealand game? Well, I feel bad that it fell on the off Wednesday for Tara and Vince because Trinity Robin gets two assists and they would have been they would have been having a, a joyous time recording uh, following this game. I'm sure they'll manage to remember when the next <laughs> when the next Wednesday arrives. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens on on Friday night. I don't. I don't know. I'm listening. I'm listening to other podcasts too, like uh, Diaspora United. And so maybe I'm echoing them a little bit, but they we're just kind of doing the same thing. Doesn't it feel that way? I, th- I think there are glimpses. There are glimpses of like more intentional uh, surgical attempts to attack. And, okay. and it, that, that, that's enough to build on. Uh, it's not, it doesn't seem like we've gone full throttle and being like, no, this is, what we, this is how we're going to play. Um, again, there, there's still a contrast between like the clips that I could clip that I could clip clips that I could clip yeah, uh, that's, from the that's Germany friendly, uh, from the Germany friendly of what Germany were doing, where it's like, this is exactly the kind of like dedicated commitment to, uh, for, you know, lack of a better way of saying it, disorganizing the opponent with the ball and movement. <laughs> I, we actually need to change that we, and, and movement. Um, 
So I wish that we saw more of it. I wish we saw more uh, pistoning, more like, um, you know, a lot of times shortening the distance between the, the player on the ball and their options to pass to, to, to connect our way through, combine our way through. Our, our tendency is still to race away from the ball, especially the players ahead of the ball. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to make too much of like, certainly the, just the first half of the New Zealand game. Uh, hopefully it was just really ironing out or not ironing out, shaking off some rust. Okay. Fair enough. That's, that's the hope. I'm, I'm always ready to be hopeful. So let's leave it at that. I think that that covers it. Uh, the January camp roster. I don't think we need to talk about it for too long. They, the, the men play Serbia on the 25th, which is Wednesday. Um, yeah, it's coming up, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's upon us. Women Any, Friday, men Wednesday. Anything, uh, you, everybody who's, who listens to this podcast has already seen the roster. So I don't know that we need to read it off, but, um, who would you maybe give us, a, give us a starting 11, Greg? <laughs> I haven't, I haven't even gone through that yet. Uh, it's the, the exciting thing for me is that we've got, we're going to get some, some left back, uh, data, some looks at a left back. We're going to get some center mid data. And I presume we'll get some Brandon Vasquez data. Uh, which I think are, are the three things I'm most interested in. Although uh, the big wrinkle in this is because it's since it's not a three week camp, uh, I think we got a little bit more flexibility in who we were able to bring. So we have like a new subset of January types, which is uh, fringe European players whose clubs don't mind them leaving for a week. Yeah, which is not necessarily <laughs> a good sign for them. Right, right. Like I guess we packs- have- Uli a couple years ago yeah yeah and and that that didn't hasn't turned out super well Paxton (laughs) Paxton Aronson who just you know just moved over to Frank Frankfurt there Frankfurt is starting their Bundesliga the second half of their Bundesliga season this weekend and they said yeah go ahead (laughs) so I was like I don't know he's maybe the plan all along was for him not to not to have a real first team impact until next season which is fine but I think any doubt about that is sort of erased by this. Uh, the Jogo, Jonathan Gomez, it's cool to see him in this camp. I want him to play for the U.S. I want. I think he has a, a high ceiling, but like he's obviously nowhere near the Real Sociedad first team at the moment. Um, are you, do you disagree with that? No, no, not at all. I, I imagine yeah. that that is not uh, eminent. Uh, Matthew Hoppe is another guy who... Same. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were... Ho- ho- I mean, he's on the bench for the first team every week. Uh, so that probably is, it's a bit telling of how necessary they consider him. Um, but again, he, he's only going to be gone a week. It'd be, a, it'd be much worse. They're like, yeah, take him for the month. We, uh, <laughs> we don't need him. Right. So, and then Sam Rogers playing in Norway, which, you know, squeezes his entire soccer season into the three months of the summer. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it'll be interesting. Like, uh, we're, we're not going to learn much. This isn't going to tell us that much, but this might give us, uh, a couple of names who make it into the March camp that wouldn't have otherwise, you know, if, if Tolkien uh, or Gomez shows out as, as a left back, we basically have a total void at behind Anthony Robinson right now. So, you know, they're fighting to make the roster over an out of position right back at the moment. Yeah. I think it's, I'm, I'm excited to see Tolkien. I think it's, it's cool that Zendejas is going to be in this, um, in this camp apparently mexico got fined for 
playing for, him in a for game. For playing him in some friendlies. What a, what a mess. Julian Gressel has his U.S. citizenship. Yeah, so he's, Citizen Gressel. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that. Like, it, it, it's probably going to be too late for Julian Gressel to, to make a huge mark on the national team if, he had, if his citizenship had come in uh, six months earlier. Like, it could have been him hitting that cross into Pulisic at the end of the England game instead of Shaq Moore. Uh, and that might have been the difference. Right. No, seriously. Um, yeah, and then I guess it's it's good to see Paxton Pomacall get a chance. Uh, Alan Sonora, Sonora, uh, in the midfield. Eric Williamson's back in the team, and we got the, the same center backs that we, you know, kind of everybody loves to not like: Walker Zimmerman and Aaron Long. And then Jalen Neal and uh, Sam Rogers, the aforementioned Sam Sam Rogers, and I think Neal and Rogers are. I'm not sure why they're in this camp, other than just you bodies. Need bodies. Yeah, you need yeah. bodies. And th- the other thing to keep in mind here is there is a there's going to be a concurrent U20 camp uh, that, and, and we don't know how those sort of uh, calculations were being made about which camp is going to be better for which players to go to. Like maybe Paxton Aronson couldn't have been released for the u20 camp because maybe the dates there might have overlapped in ways that frankfurt didn't want to let him go so it's like okay well you're not going to go with u20s you're going to go with the senior team for eight days so you don't know how all those moving pieces are working um but it's it's at least worth it to keep in mind that that can factor into this stuff uh for the center backs like i I know some people might be upset like aaron long isn't going to be in the 2026 roster and he won't be uh for the u.s world cup in 2026 but you still need a body, right? And no, no one else who's, who's available is anywhere near the, the first four spots on a, on a roster, right? We're looking at Richards and we're looking at uh, CCV and, and Tim Ream maybe hanging on. But we don't, yeah, there's Mark no one McKenzie's, else who's like... Mark McKenzie's yes, having a good run yeah, for him. Yeah. having a great, great showing. Uh, if, if Austin Trusty were available for this, then it'd be like, oh no, we should get Trusty in here instead of, instead of Aaron Long at left center back. But he's not like the, the guys that we would bring in here. The first seven choices uh, just are not here. And they're all pretty good seven choices uh, for us at this moment in the cycle. It doesn't matter that Aaron Long is in here instead of the 15th choice center back. Yeah, I agree. So maybe they'll. So if the if the camps are concurrent, maybe they'll be actually sort of joint. Is no, that... as far as I know, the U20s are like in a different state. They're going to oh. be I think the U20s are playing some MLS teams uh, okay. in, in like exhibitions or you know tune-ups a lot of the names that maybe people wanted to see in the senior camp are in the u20s and that might be more valuable to them playing together ahead of the world cup yeah they got a world cup coming up in three months ish my very half-hearted attempt at a starting 11 versus serbia is gaga slanina in goal honestly don't care who plays goalie uh John Tolkien, I do care about. I want to see him at left back. I think he's clearly the sort of the guy we need to look at here. Um, Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman at center back. Bodies, they're they're good bodies. Yeah, they set a floor that is that is you know acceptable for a January camp game. Uh, Julian Gressel at right back, although it could go any direction for me over Which there. Which direction? Who other? Who else is the right back here? It's just Dewan Jones, right? Dewan Jones, yeah, yeah. Um, so again, th- th- just to, just to go back to this, the the Gressel, what, if Gressel plays, which I hope he does, because I think it's a fun story. Uh, he's not taking minutes from somebody who's who's going to be banging on the door. We've got our right back situation pretty steady here between Serginio Dest and Joe, Joe Scali. Yeah. That we're not like, oh, we need to find the next right back. Like whoever is going to be a guy for us that isn't one of those two players, Dest or Scali, 
they'll emerge uh, if they're going to. Okay. I'm saying Kellen Acosta is going to play the six. I, I would like it to be Aiden Morris, but I don't know. Um, I don't, I doubt that's what it'll be. I think it'll be Acosta at the six, probably in both of these games. Who knows? And then I want to see Pomacall and Williamson. Happy to see Senora too. And, and then Zendejas, Zendejas at right wing, Paul Ariola at left wing, and Brandon Vasquez at striker. And I will, I will say, you know, with these, these older guys who aren't going to play a role in 2026, I think they deserve, other people have I've seen this said, maybe Seuss said it on Twitter. These guys deserve, uh, I think, a fair amount of credit for, like, Ariola didn't get called up to the World Cup. Yeah, brutal, right? And he's he gets called into it, this obviously <laughs> he gets called into this meaningless January camp, and he's like, "Yep, I'm there." And uh, Aaron Long didn't play a minute at the World Cup. I mean, he was on the roster, so maybe that maybe that's all he should all we should care about. But he also is like, "Yep, I'll be there." You know, I'm ready to I'm ready to help. He they both know full well they're not going to be on the 2026 World Cup roster. So these guys are. Um, they're helping out the team uh, when they don't, you know, necessarily have to. And uh, I think that's cool. Yeah, totally cool. Um, just just to throw the one the one lineup thing that I kind of do want to see. Uh, that's, a, you know, I think your lineup would be great. Bells, you've done a great job with it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Very important for me to uh, be praised for this lineup. Give, give me Eric Williamson starting at the six. If we're running out a similar you know, scheme than, to what the senior team did in the World Cup. Give me Williamson in the Adams role just to see if he can do it. We know Acosta can has been setting that like okay. backup floor. Let's see what Eric Williamson does there. Also, everyone keep in mind, this game is very likely to be super ugly soccer. Uh, that doesn't tell us anything, even if we look good, which we won't. We'll look bad. <laughs> Brandon Vasquez uh, hat trick incoming. I mean... Uh- That'd be fun. It'd be fun. It'd be a nice, again, a nice moment, some nice moments for him. And it would probably buy him a ticket to uh, Grenada in March. Yep. Some would argue he should have had a ticket to Qatar. Ah. And again, this, this is what it's, it is for me. It's like, uh, there are some priority call-ups here. And I think everything else is just trying to build a platform for them to at least show something. So if Vasquez and Tolkien are the guys you really want to see, or, or some of those center mids, Pomacall, Williamson, Aiden Morris, then yeah, you build the best platform around them that you can. And that means, you know, using the bodies available that are that set a floor, uh, like an Air Long, Zimmerman, Ariola, and and hopefully some guys outshine them. Hopefully somebody outshine hopefully, you know, uh Hoppy or whoever outshines Ariola. That's kind of what we want to happen. It's not gonna happen. So. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, Oh, by the way, there was one other thing about Vasquez. Did you see that clip of him saying, I, somebody asked him if he watched the Mexico and the U.S. at the World Cup, and he was like, yeah, and I noticed neither of them had a nine. <laughs> oh, no, but that's brilliant. So, so that'll, be, uh, that'll be fun. That'll be spicy to add into the mix, hopefully. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you.